Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna send you an invite. Okay, yeah, I got something. Let's see. Start my video. There we go. Damn. There's my sexy face. Hey, boy, what are you doing? Man, not a lot. How how are you? Good, dude. It's good to see you. Man, it's been too long. Dude, I know, man. I I've been I've stayed super busy the last oh uh, for I don't know since we saw each other last. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 staying busy with the podcast, but just in general, it's been too long. I ain't been up there to train with you. Yeah, we'll come up anytime, man. We'll we'll get oh, some yeah. balls on. Yeah. Um, you know, and I need to come see you guys too. Honestly, um, I, I'm off. I'm not teaching this summer. I taught the last two summers, so yeah. that'll be nice. Um, and I'm t- uh I'm getting to a point where I'm starting to teach more, uh, online classes. I'm starting to teach online classes for the first time. That's freeing up some time. So, uh, and we got the gym move accomplished. So that's, that's all things that like, man, that all of the, like working extra class loads, teaching sites, all things that have really occupied a lot of my time. And now I don't have all that shit going on to deal with. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, what's yeah. with you do? What have you been doing? Man, um, you know, I'd started, uh, you know, and I'd signed up for a couple of jiu-jitsu tournaments. I'd signed up for the Dallas Open. Um, I was going to do when that. Was that. When was that supposed to be? That was April 27th, 28th. I was actually going to venture out of my comfort zone and try to do no gi. Because, you okay. know me, I, I I usually like to stick with the gi on. Um, so I had that plan, but I was also, uh, and I, I hadn't signed up yet because I hadn't opened up registration, but I actually bought my plane ticket to Vegas for worlds and uh, you know i don't it looks like that probably won't happen plus um you know, i don't know if you know this but i did just have surgery on the old elbow there if you can oh what no i mean i saw you post a picture yeah. what was that uh, ulnar nerve impingement or what you have yeah the on? cubital tunnel and they did carpool at the same time you can see right there where they went in the palm of my hand and stuff shit dude i've got carpal tunnel on my right hand it's a it's a son of a bitch what were your yeah. symptoms of carpal tunnel in your hand? Um, man, I was having, it got to the point where I couldn't even write. I'd go do this, and my finger would just start shaking like that. And then you see this pinky right here. That's as far, that's as, far as it goes. Um, you know, and I went to the, my family physician and said, hey, man, yeah, you probably got, you got the same thing going on there. But I'd lost a lot of muscle in the hand and stuff. Like, I'd have to – I'd be opening up bottles, and sometimes, you know, I'm six foot four, 300 pounds, and I have to ask someone else to open a bottle for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It gets a little, gets a little embarrassing. Um, so, yeah, but that there was that because I went into the doctor thinking, all right, you know, we're going to do – we're going to talk. They're going to schedule carpal tunnel down the line. My family physician said that uh, – that I'd broken that pinky and it healed back that way. And, you know, I played college football, pro wrestle, do jiu-jitsu as my hobby. I could have broken the, I could have broken this pinky at any time and not even noticed I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got in there and he started shaking. Before I even got out of my mouth, he's like, no, no. The, the orthopedic's like, no. He goes, here's what you got. So they did the nerve study and all that, and did the, uh, did the schedule. How, how long ago has that been? How's your recovery been? Um, it's about three, four weeks ago. Um, I've been out, of the, I was in, I was in a sling, had it immobilized for a couple of weeks, had my stitches in. So I've been out of the stitches for 
a couple weeks. They said probably about probably about another three weeks before I can train again. Whenever whenever we get that, and, you know, I'll come in, take it slow, watch my arm, be careful, you know, be selective with your training partners. When we get to mine and your rank, of course, you outrank me. When we get to our rank, we kind of get that privilege of, you know, no, 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 no. You're you're too wild, young buck. Go over there. I'm gonna I'm gonna train with my group. <laughs> it, yeah, it is nice. You know, we've just recently and and have good participation so far. Have added um, advanced classes. Yeah. Right, like an advanced nogi, and then we have um, like a blue belt and up, like just a, a rolling session on Friday yeah. afternoons and um we'll let white belts come that are like four three four tips or something they're like on the on the cusp that are not going to be some spazzy or get frustrated and quit but man we added on like extra at the end of all our evening classes uh too so we just do like a fundamentals class with situational rolling but then free roll after that yeah and that's like the free roll portion is where all the you know all the higher ranked dudes stay Usually is that other classes getting going like kickboxing or whatever. Well, you know, and other than that, I did, you know, and me and you talked about this because I said, Hey, if we do this, I want to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I'm forcing the segue, Brian. All right, let's do it. You know, uh, I made my pro wrestling comeback. What? So did you have a match or did you have a match that was canceled? No, I had a match. Okay, I thought I saw some videos. Of- yeah, yeah, I sent, I sent you the match. I did. Okay, and yeah, I, yeah. And I grew up, I grew up a big pro wrestling fan. You know, it was like my favorite. You know, when everybody else is watching Scooby Doo and stuff on uh, Scooby Doo, I'd be watching wrestling. And my son actually got that for me. And so, you know, and I did it right after. Before I did jujitsu, I started doing pro wrestling. So I wanted to do one more match for him, and then it segued into we were going to do a big storyline because I helped train this kid, and so. I ju- I'd done commentary and I jumped him afterwards, locked in a rear naked choke, and I hadn't pro wrestled in a while, and I accidentally about choked him unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> I had it locked in. He's like, "Bro, bro, ease up." I'd already eased up because he couldn't talk. Cause, you know, I had my arm, around his neck was choking the crap out of him. He's like, he's like "Bro, ease up, ease up." <laughs> I go, uh, and then me and him had a match. We had a really good match considering I hadn't wrestled a match in 10 years. Um, I think Chris's back hurt afterwards because he had to carry me through it. But where, where's the okay? So, where's the link? Is it this video that you sent me? Yeah, okay. So, hold on. No, okay. So, I got I got a seven second video from you. Was it? I thought it should have been a YouTube link. Okay, hold no, I don't have a link. Let me see. Um, Are you looking you, in your messenger? Uh, I'm looking on Facebook Messenger, yeah. Uh, I see, uh, my, uh, but you might've texted it to me. Go ahead and go ahead and shoot me the link on messenger and I'll open it up on uh Facebook Messenger. I'll screen share it and we can, you can provide the breakdown, bro. There we go. We, there we go. All right. I'm resending it to you. All right. Cool. Cool. Should be on its way to you. This is riveting stuff, Brian. Very riveting. Okay. I think you might've texted it to me and I opened it up there. All right, all right. Let me uh, let me go screen share here. Google yeah. Chrome. Oh, there we go. There it is. Thirteen minutes. All right. Do you want me to mute it, and you're gonna you're gonna give us the voiceover? We That's we what can. What I mean, what, I mean you tell me whatever you think. If you if we ever need to bring it in for for dramatic effect, you just let me know. You know, and for those of you that came here, I did walk out to. Uh, to Aerosmith, um, 
Aerosmith back in the saddle again because I was, in fact, back in the saddle again. <laughs> so when was your first uh, pro wrestling uh, endeavor? When did you first? Man, fresh out of college. I was probably about 22, 23. Um, you know, and I, I went to, um, you know, and I, I kept doing that until I hurt my shoulder. And it, it kind of bothered me because uh, I hurt my shoulder. But I wasn't ready to walk away. Look at it. The camera adds about 10 pounds there. I'm trying to look mad, even though, you know, I'm not mad at all. <laughs> I'm probably a little bit more nervous. I wasn't going to shake anybody's hand. I'm like, God, it's been too long. So so where is this at, Conway? This is Tuckerman, Arkansas. Okay. Where, where, what part? Of, I don't know. But I just you, keep talking to you. It's close that. to Jonesboro, outside Newport. Okay. 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 I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot there. And I don't know if you can tell, there's literally people hanging from the rafters here. We're one minute and seven seconds into Kid Crazy versus Colton Cash on YouTube. There, there we go, yeah. All right, we got a fan here. We got a young fan here on the rails. Yeah. Oh. So who's this schmuck coming out here to fight you, dude? His, his, his Kid Crazy is his name. He's a good – he was a – you know, I helped train him back in the day. I mean, he—I mean, he's super talented. Probably the most successful out of everybody we trained. Um, he, uh, man, I like, he, his two, I like his Tupac shirt. Yeah, that was a pretty cool Tupac shirt. And this, this sun gun's crazy because you'll see it when he takes his shirt off. He just got like a gigantic kid crazy tattooed on his chest earlier that week. He just like, bro, don't shot me in the chest. Um, I'm killing kayfabe here, aren't I, Brian? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? So, um, did you just know that he was doing this, and you got kind of linked up, and you guys put it together like you're saying? Yeah, I messaged him. I said, "Dude, I'd love to do something. If you ever wanted to, uh, you know, wrestle match, there's my son right there. That's the reason I was doing it. Um, I told him. I told my son, like, you can't cheer for me. You can't cheer for me. He's like, all right. <laughs> he had he had no problem booing me. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. And the, uh, yeah, it takes forever, these fans. Man, you know, there used to be, like, little shows like this, I feel like, all over the place, you know? And and there still are some, like, I've seen. But, like, I remember when I was a kid, we had one that, like, in, the like, the Walmart parking lot. And mm -hmm. that was, like, a big, a big thing. Like, everybody in the town came to it, you know? Yeah. And I tell you, I was really, because when, when we did the, the first one, whenever I kind of jumped him after the match, I was really nervous because I, I, I basically sit at the commentator's uh, table the entire show. And, man, I was really surprised with how talented everybody was. Like, I really was. I mean, like, I mean, the talent that they had up there was crazy good. What are you saying to him right there, bro? You look like you're talking a little shit. I'm just telling the referee to keep him back, keep him back. I think I'm telling him he's too little, stuff like that. You know, talking a little bit of junk. He's got very baggy chunks on, bro. Those are like some Jinko wrestling shorts. Yeah, I, I don't know where he got those. Um, the The idea was to go to a big, uh, a big blow off show at their anniversary show, which is supposed to be April the fourth. This is probably closer to the beginning of March. Ooh, right on the cusp of the corona, bro. Yeah, I mean, this was right before it because we were supposed to do. We we're supposed to do this match, then we we're going to do a tag match, uh, and then with two other guys, and then we were going to do, um, and then we we're going to do the big blow-off show. Where and now we had an entire opening, um, we had an entire opening 
sequence worked out here and it totally goes out the window because I'm here. I'm okay. I, you know, I see if I can test out the ropes. He gets the crowd to start telling me I suck here and I don't like that very much. Bro, you need to slap that new tattoo. Show them how you feel. <laughs> I, do, I do. And I tell, I tell the referee here, that's my brother that's refereeing. That's Paul. That's oh, really? Refereeing. That's like your real life brother? That's my real life brother. He calls me by my real name, says, if you don't tell, stop telling Clint he sucks, he's leaving. And so, of course, they start telling me I suck more. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to leave. And then, you know, Chris reads it perfectly like, like he should. And and he's about to just he's we ain't off to the races yet, but now oh. right now there we go. We're off to the races now. Oh, nice! Yeah, jump through the ropes. And right there, I've been trying to pinpoint it, and while my jaw hurt forever, his head hit me right there at the beginning of the match, caught me right in the jaw. So like for the next week, I was like, oh man, I don't know why my jaw Boom. hurts. Hey, that was pretty. That's a pretty good, some pretty good fake punching you did there, bro. Well, There's not a lot of fake to that. I just club him across the back. And <laughs> <laughs> Chris will tell you he he loves working with me because me and him always have a good match. But he's like, I he goes, you are stiff. I'm, so I'm just him. wrestling here, Rev. What's it? Yeah, yeah, just, just having fun. And it, it just it's 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 weird for me because I'm trying to be come across as a more you know, badass MMA jujitsu fighter type thing. And I'd always been more about the comedy side of it. So this was just, it was a different version of myself wrestling. Oh, wow. A back, a back a flip cartwheel yeah. kick. Yep. Bro, I, I thought you were the MMA fighter. This dude's tie kicking the shit out of you right now. <laughs> Choke slam, the giant. Yep. He gets up, he gets up there for me pretty good. Yeah, we, uh, and I told him, because he's wearing kick pads, and, you know, I, I, I'm used to, you know, and I've done some sparring. I haven't done a lot. But I told him, I said, man, just lay them in. I'd rather you lay them in and they look good than, you know, fake kick me. What's your favorite WCW era wrestler of all time? Oh, man, it's Sting. Sting? Oh, nice. Sting. All the way. I yeah. paid my tribute to the Godfather right here. <laughs> What's on your shirt? What's on your shirt? That is a that and Nicole from uh from Gravitas, she made she she's got like an on um on garment printer, however you call it, a direct to garment printer. Yeah. And so that shirt is literally a picture of me having him in a rear naked choke when I jumped him out. That's funny. And right here, I had a killer spot for a rear naked choke, and I was gonna use it for the tag match or, or later on. And I didn't know if we could do it where you held them in a rear naked choke and they do a back like a back row out of the choke and then goes for a pin. I'm like, I don't know if you can do it or not. And then Becky Lynch used it in WrestleMania and actually finished the match with it. But I come up with it first. So I, sh I should shoot. I should sue Vince or something. Bro. Have you seen once upon a time in Hollywood? I have not. I want to see it. Not to do any spoilers, but at one point in the movie, one of the characters grabs another one of the characters and starts slamming their head on like all this different shit. Just like, <laughs> boom. Ha boom, ha boom. There's like repeatedly, and it's such a uh, an awesome Tarantino esque sequence, you know. Yeah. You see my sons over there loving the, me getting the cap crap kicked out of me in that bottom right hand corner. Yeah. He, he was. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was so excited. 
he had fun. They did a battle royal at the end of it, and I talked a little trash to him, and he, he really liked that. He goes out there and jumps on me again. But, you know, for what it was, for a guy that hadn't had a match in 10 years, I thought I thought I did a – we did a good job. And this is uh, before your your elbow surgery? This was before my elbow. I love bloating right here, and I had to – you know, and I realized I should have been DQ'd, so I was like, I hit him in the inner thigh. Yeah, that was before the elbow surgery. I didn't even have it. I didn't even know I was having that issue. And then – yeah, you know, I've had issues with my elbows on and off over the years, but um, I don't know. They've gotten better. I'll tell you, like, I've just had to do stuff for them, like treat them, topical, hanging, uh, not over-abusing them, tapping early to arm bars. Yeah. I mean, there's just not getting put in arm bars. That's always a positive. Well, you know how I am, too. I mean, I can usually stack my way out of an arm bar. So, I mean, I'll lay it out there, but go ahead, take it take it and then i'll get out of it you know statistically arm bars aren't a super high percentage move for me honestly oh no No, they're not i rarely go for them there they look cute right there donna brown that was beautiful oh yeah a very good character there what is the name of your character here it is colton cash colton cash Oh, okay yeah i was driving past a colton steakhouse sign and i came up with that name there you go that's that's literally how i came up now this is a pretty good jujitsu sequence that me and him come up with right here me and him had got together and worked on it. I'll put him in the triangle arm bar there when he falls over. Yep. Here. There you go. There you yeah. go. Roll oh, into the pin. Oh, wow. A, a flying drop kick of sorts. <laughs> yeah, stop me on the chest. Oh, dude, he's getting up from the, from the top rope. We're 10 minutes in, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, oh, it's one of those fights where you slam the guy and you knock yourself out. I saw a street fight just like that on YouTube today. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, we, uh, I punched him in the gut. That wasn't supposed to be a low blow there. Who's back big, there, big, bro? Big Van Vader. Oh, man, he kicked you as you were doing that. Oh yeah. What do you think about like how how far is this out of like uh, like fight choreography you see in the movies? Like, what would you say the biggest difference? It, it, it's pretty close. I mean, and you know, and that's why. And, and and the segue is you know, WWE right now they're doing the empty arena shows, and man, I got crazy respect for them guys that are doing that because everything that we're doing here is I'm playing. We're, you know, you're playing off the crowd. You want you want the crowd to to feel what you're doing. It's not like UFC. UFC, it's just, it's a fight. You out there, you fight. It don't matter if there's 20,000 people there, nobody there. Oh, bro, he knocked out your bro, man. You just going to let him do that? He's taking your whole family now? He's going to go for your son next? (laughs) I may. If he wants to. (sighs) That was the the finish we'd worked out. (laughs) But, uh, um, yeah, but man, it's just so it's so it'd be, it'd be so hard without the crowd there. Oh, I know, right? You're playing off the crowd. Fire choreography, you're kind of you've got a place you want to get to, but here you're trying to take him on a journey and tell him a story. You know, and I I will say like I, I with teaching classes, for like the hey, right virtual, here, Brian. I go I go over. I, I get the big W. 
right oh, there. Nice. Tombstone Pile Driver. Big, like, why isn't your wrestling name Big Sexy? I think too many people would uh, would associate that that I stole it from Kevin Nash because he did the Big Sexy, Big Sexy the Giant Killer gimmick. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Is that where you got it from, bro? Or did you just like I've just always known you as Big Sexy? I didn't even correlate the. Yeah, two I think things. I stole it from him. Oh, bro, you call you calling out a fan right now? Talk I'm telling them. I'm telling the announcer. Announce me as the winner again. Oh, set him up in a little triangle. A little triangle. They want me to choke him after the match, and somebody else used the rear naked. So, uh, being disrespectful, returning to a text. Give me one second. You're fine, dude. You're fine. Yeah. But man, that was the match. I was actually, you know, I got, we got to the back and everybody's, that was your first match in 10 years. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't bad. Well, yeah, dude. Well, uh, have you been, um, have you been doing any other uh, training other than jujitsu, like in terms of uh, uh, kickboxing and stuff anymore? No, I mean, I've been, I, I've been focusing, you know, I got hooked up there in Conway with, a, was, with, with Cisco. Uh, Francisco Joseph, who was a heavyweight on the uh, on the Central Baptist College wrestling team, nice. and that man that that changed my world because you know uh, the, you you look at the guys that you know I consider myself a really really good brown belt tournament competitor, really good. Uh, you know, there's the Mark um i'd butcher his last name if i say it but mark's been wrestling for 30 years he's really good i'm owing two versus mark uh mark just got his black belt so he's out of my division for a while um then john mccown who i'm owing three against um man i just i, I needed something to kind of hang with those guys you know and um uh, and so i started wrestling and uh hoping it'd make a difference i still haven't beat them but you know i'm hoping to get there one of these days Dude, like. I just I just got a notification. Have you heard how Joe Rogan is leaving YouTube? I did hear that he's going officially to Spotify. They paid him one hundred million. One hundred million dollars. You know, if somebody paid you that much money, you'd be exclusively to to um, Vagisil.com. I don't care. He never has to – well, I mean, he probably never had to work again before that deal, but that's huge for his podcast. I will say, man, um, I you know, I get a little more traction on YouTube with the gym videos than I do the podcast. Like, I've got yeah. – I have a lot of videos with more than 500 views on the gym YouTube, but I, I have less than half of that many for the podcast, but I only have like 130 episodes of the podcast, whereas I have like 650 gym videos out there. You know, and that's been, and that's been nice. Cause you know, my son lives my ex-wife in Fort Smith and he goes to Thompson's. Oh, great, great, great. So, um, he's been, uh, so he's been doing a lot of the, the online, the YouTube videos, the, the movement drills and, I know enough that if I'm here with him, I can say, no, that's not how you throw a jab. I'll tell you what's a great uh, thing to be working on right now is like the superfoot system stuff, like the sidekick, hook, kick, ground kick development, because it's something you can do and develop without a partner. You can easily add the basics. Like Bill Wallace's shit is so good. Um, 
And there's like, he has so many seminars out there on YouTube drinks coming on to, t- to do an episode just about Superfoot next Wednesday. I believe it is. No, that'd be good. Hey, check out who I've got coming on the cast. Um, I'm, I'm working out a time with, uh, Jason Scully. You know who that is? I've heard the name. He's the guy. It's like, here's 108 leg locks in less than eight minutes. Okay. What I'm doing here is when they do this, I do that. Well, he's that guy on YouTube. Right. He's uh, got this big member website that uh, I believe Johnny's got to log into called the Grappler's Guide. But he's he's got tons of videos like that. I'm working. But also, are you familiar with that YouTube channel, Submissions 101? Yeah, I'm familiar with that one. Hey, that the guy that started that channel is coming on. It's got like 57 million views. Yeah. You know what? What's crazy is is you know used to you know when of course me, when me and you were probably white belts, blue belts. You know, you kind of made fun of people who tried to learn crap on YouTube. You, you really would. I mean, I, I, I was at the New York Open one year. I don't know if it was the year I won it, but I did win the New York Open. I'm not sure if you knew that. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> East, Coast, East Coast champ. King of the East Coast. Uh, but uh, there was a guy that had a T-shirt that says, your jiu-jitsu, your YouTube moves are no good here or something like that. But – Actually, um, when I did Master Worlds and I won my first match, I actually won it with a move. I won it with a move that I learned on uh, on YouTube. I won it with a clock choke from Turtle. And I got that from the Machado Brothers on YouTube. I'll tell you, you know, who had good clock choke details is uh, Hobson. I've, I learned the clock choke from Turtle from Hobson. And a couple of good entries to it where it's like you set it up on the transition. So... And then, too, I'll tell you another person. Lloyd Irvin has a really good video out there on the clock choke. But, man, it was through competing that I learned. um, Because, like, when I was competing, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to watch. I'm going to pick, like, jiu-jitsu people I like, like Kurt Ossiander. And I'm going to watch them teach their moves, you know. So, I was always, like, looking at jiu-jitsu in that light. I was always watching rolled-ups and then competition matches and working on my drill chart and mind maps and shit. But – I noticed like one time I was at worlds and I did a move in one of my matches that I just recently seen. And I was like, I mean, I just recently seen it like, like on the plane ride there or something. It was like Kurt Ossiander's move of the week from like a few weeks earlier or something. And I did it. And I was like, but like it, someone had told me uh, previously, they're like, look, two weeks out, you're not going to learn anything during that time period that you're going to do in the match. And, like, through competing, I learned that's like, man, I might learn something that morning I do in the match, yeah. you know? And, and I've learned so many things from videos. And now, shit, dude, I'm doing video private lessons with people, not me, myself, but um, rather – like Jack, like Jack, I was like, hey, Jack, dude, private listen with me. I did three with him since we've been on quarantine. Changed my game, dude, because I'm like sitting there doing his techniques, but he's in L.A. locked down. I'm not going to be able to fly him in for a while. It was, st- you know, let's say even I was planning on having him in over the summer, but I still get to learn from him. I'm about to start doing that with like uh, other instructors too. Man, because that New York Open that I won, I remember I lost um, in the semis of the Absolute Division to the guy that won it. Um, and uh, I remember he, he called me with some choke. He said, he goes, yeah, I just learned it that weekend. At, at some, he went to some seminar that week in New York. And 
and catch him in the choke that he just learned. So, how many times have you done the New York Open? Three times. I've done the New York Open three times. Um, I've done the Nogi Pans, which is in New York once. Um, which you know, when, whenever you finally, and I always feel like whenever you go to a tournament and you finally win a match at a new rank, that's kind of validation that you belong. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I'd, uh, you know, you I know, went, tw- twice at purple, once at brown. Is that what you? Let's see. I only went once at purple. I went three. I, I went three at blue. Oh, okay. Wow. But you got to keep in mind, I was a, you know, and I'd went through my divorce and I'd been hurt a few times at blue. Like I was a, I was a three and a half year, three tip blue belt. Um, but I went, I went, I went right after, you know, I'd moved back to Arkansas and, and, and did the New York Open and I had no business going. You know, I was mentally checked out, wasn't in, wasn't in the shape I needed to be to compete at that level. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I swore after that, I'm like, I'm never going to put myself in this position again. Like, if I'm going to go train, I'm, I'm going to do right. And that's part of the reason I, I like to compete so much is because in my head, you know, I, I, I like – you know, I like, okay, I got to keep ready for this. I got to keep ready for this. I got to keep ready for this. Um, you know, and the same thing, you know, I did, I did, uh, you know, the last time I did was last July and I did the Austin open and the two guys I was telling you, there's a four, it was a four man bracket. It was me, Mark, who's won the world at purple belt was no, no gi world champion. Then John, who I'm and three against, he, he knocked me out of worlds. Um, both super talented guys. And some other guy I'd never heard of. And uh, they ended up putting John and Mark against each other. So, I was like, thank you, IBJJF. <laughs> and then yeah. so I had to win my first match against this guy was a Bruno Bastos brown belt. So, you know, he's a legit guy. <clears throat> and I remember I posted, yeah. you know, so I got second in that, in that tournament. Johnny actually called out to me with like 10 – I'm up. It's zero, two advantages, zero versus zero, zero, zero. Ten seconds left in the match. I've got side control. So, you know, Big Daddy's on cruise control. I'm like, I'm not moving. <laughs> if you if you get it from here, if you get me in these last ten seconds, you get me. Johnny yelled out, knee on belly. I looked at him and just went, no, I'm not doing that. We're good. <laughs> we're, like, we're good. I'm like, we're good. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. So later on that night, I posted, you know, like, you know, you got to post it on Facebook. And I was like, look, I got second in a super stacked division. And I don't know why. I think I wanted to go eat barbecue. So I didn't do absolute that night. Because <laughs> we were all like, let's go to Terry Black's barbecue. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Let's go. Um, That's great. And so, yeah, they, some of the best brisket I'd ever had. So we'd, uh, we went to tech. And so John commented on my, on my Facebook post, like, Hey, by the way, I beat the guy you beat faster than you did. I'm like, I don't care. I was like, I still got, you. I still got the silver, baby. So, man, have you still been, uh, you still been exercising and everything? I know for like a, a good while you were posting up in the fitness center all the time. I know the fitness centers have been closed. Yeah, uh, I mean, just I've been doing a lot of walking. I mean, it ain't I ain't going over. And I was actually thinking, you know just mostly walking. I mean, I haven't been like hitting the bleachers and stuff like I should have. Of course, part of it is that I've had yeah. that surgery there for about two weeks. I was just freaking miserable. Now I'm starting to, you know, finally feel more like myself, get 
range of motion in my arm. You know, I need to be sure. I need to start going to the gym doing what I can. Like, there's no reason I can't go do leg day and just do cardio every day. Yeah, yeah. And Man, that's, that's, go ahead. That that's I'm sure that'll help. Uh, like once you can start moving, like this stage of the game on your recovery, like hitting the elliptical and stuff. I'm sure that'll help help your process move along even. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that you know I was really happy that Chris kid Chris Casey told me about. He's like, man, we ain't, me and him wouldn't worked out. I'm like, dude, this mofo got a gas tank now. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. I said, you know, I'm you know I'm I'm I'll be 44 next month. Wow. But, but there's not many. You show me any 43-year-olds that can do what I do, you know, on a daily basis. That's good, dude. And it's it's good. That's like, you know, like you're talking to me. I've been trying to talk to everybody I can about this, like my perspective on it. But, like, that sort of tournament mindset of – Oh man, you know, I gotta I gotta stay healthy for this day, right? I got this tournament coming up and it's in six weeks and I should be healthy for that tournament and I should recover and I should train hard but recover, but I should be this vert like I, that was always me, dude. It was like early on when I first started competing in MMA. It's like, oh I'm gonna lose all this weight. Um, uh, you know, I'm gonna do all this cardio, I'm gonna do all these push-ups, and I'm gonna do all this training, and I'm gonna go compete. I'm going to do it again. And it was all for the competition. It was never for my personal health and wellness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you had that conversation. You felt like you were doing it more for your, for, you know, for other people than you were yourself. That too, you know, and, and for more for like, okay, I want to get this experience to pass on. And, uh, you know, I felt like some, some sort of weird sense of obligation to, to compete a lot, but in hindsight now i'm just like running a lot doing a lot of cardio rowing uh hitting the machines weights just doing everything i can do like i ran a mile backwards the other day that sucked but it's uh i'm not doing it for a competition i'm doing it to feel good yeah well and see and that and that and that's just and and i and i do it for the same reason you do i do the competitions because i know because me being a lazy individual, I know like, hey, if I don't have something to look forward to, if I don't have something to push me. Yeah, and that's that's something too. Yeah, and it's now, yeah, because too, you know, there's some, definitely some like sort of weird added pressure. Um, being being a coach, like I I saw somebody commenting on it the other day and was like, basically talking shit about coaches not competing uh, because they have some like students competing at the events, and I'm like. Motherfucker, I have had 30 students compete at a, an AGF I competed at, and that shit was terrible. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I, you know, and I like, and I enjoy refereeing tournaments too. And a lot of them referees, I know Kevin Williams does it all the time. Hey, he's, he was just on the podcast. His episode comes out uh, either later today or early tomorrow. That'd, it'd probably be a good one. But I mean, it is. You look at Kevin, Kevin and, and Flacco, who, who actually he beat me in Oklahoma one time. Uh, at Perp Belt um, at an AGF, but like both them guys can referee all day. I mean, all day. And that wears you out. And I know coaching too, because I've coached five or six students. And by the time you're running all around coaching students, you're worn out. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you could have like Matt one, and then your next student's over them like Matt nine. So you've got to get all the way over there, and you're stressed like, hey, John's competing on Matt one. I'm trying to keep an eye on Matt one. Elaine's going on Matt eight. 
you know, you got to get over there. Well, and then too, the time, the schedule of, uh, of the event of like, Hey, we got uh kids division starting at eight. And then, you know, you're not competing until noon, one o'clock in your first division. You got a bunch of hurry up and wait. I would always have to leave the bullpen or not the bullpen, the actual staging sometimes. <laughs> like when I was like uh, between matches, I would go coach Cora or somebody and I would go back in and I would have a match. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. But I'm glad I, I'm glad I did all that. And it, here's the thing. I'm not even going to rule out competing again. I've actually thought about it more and more like the healthier that I've got over the last several months. But if I do, it'll be something I do just for fun. You know, it, it, and I'll do it to be, and I'll try and win. You know, it's not that I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm just going to go have fun. But it's like, it's not going to be, I'm going to go do this because I'm going to, I'm going to, well, I got these big lofty goals and I'm trying to get gold medals, clean out the division. It's like, nah, man, I'm just trying to go win some matches, do my jujitsu, not get submitted, not get beat. But just like that whole mental pressure that I think that you can put on yourself when you're competing a lot, that all of the grind, the injury, that's what I don't miss. But like, it is a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, no, no. And, and I, and I had, I'd really enjoyed it. And I, I've never gotten hurt knock on wood in a tournament. I mean, I've had my arm sore for a few days afterwards because, mm -hmm. you know, I did that super fight in Memphis for a uh, sub hunter pro. And I was like, you know, so I did that. And I remember I went in, you know, could work my wrestling pretty hard up before the tournament went in, had the snatch thing. I mean, if you, you can look at the picture, you know, there's a picture. I, I had, I had my hands around the dude's leg. I'm like, Oh, I don't have this. I let it go. I didn't have confidence that I had it. And next thing I knew, you know, and this dude looked like Kimbo slice on steroids. Uh, he drug my big butt down the mat. I was like, you just lay there. And I'm like, okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> sir, he comored me, and man, he walked up to me afterwards, or Americaned me. I'm sorry, and because uh, even Dream said he goes, your elbow was like here, and you watched him, you let it get to about right here, not even thinking about it, and he just went, mm. and then he had it. And somebody that big, strong gets on your arm. It's Do you ever finish an Americana like like imagine somebody has you in an arm over choke, right? Like right. your arms here, and they telephone so like i'm you got me in it and i'm telephoning right mm -hmm. and you you grab my uh you put your head right here and you like boom you grab my wrist and you pull it out like that but it's from the it's from the arm triangle no i've, I've never tried that i learned that from mikey uh mike page from inferno but yeah you yeah. just be you just be down on that arm triangle and they telephone you put your uh your head on the end of their elbow and you just ratch that uh that americana yeah, and, you know, and I and Americanas, you know, I think just most of your big guys, you get you get a big white belt that comes in the gym, my build. What's the first submission you teach them? Usually the Americana. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy. And man, I've won, you know, I've won a couple major tournaments with Americana. Lost a lost a super fight that brown belt to an Americana. So I mean, it's like, you know, my my game's not. I mean, you rolled with me several times. My game's not incredibly fancy. Yeah, one one uh, case I always like to cite is uh, fucking John Jones versus Vitor Belfort, right? Um, yeah. John Jones, Jutsu White Belt, passes Vitor Belfort's guard after that armbar happened. Um, and Vitor Belfort is a black belt world champion. He was submitted with that move by John Jones, a white belt MMA fighter. 
Well, I mean, you know, me and you both rolled enough times, and you know, you you take a chance when you roll against somebody less ranked than you, getting humiliated. You know, I got I got armbarred at brown belt by a zero tip white belt. I mean, I let him get me in a position. I was like, you know, choke. You know, I'll darn near go out unconscious before I tap. I mean, I'll tap. I'm not going to go out, but. Arm bars are a little bit different. You're just like, okay, let's see. Like, there's no way he's going to finish this. I'm, I'm Clint Clark. I'm a brown belt, four-time IBGF. Okay, yeah, you got it. I do. Uh, I will let people put me in bad. That's something I probably got from training with Willie. Like, I used to – and, I st- man, some, everybody has things. Like, I go through, like, some mental, like, hang-ups or, some word, or whatever. But be, the willingness to put yourself in a bad spot will further your development like yesterday um and and you know this week when i was rolling because i am rolling dude i'm breaking the fucking law down here in russellville um outlaw. yeah jujitsu outlaw dude but um it you know i i've i've put myself in bad spots i was like hey put me inside mount turtle it, because man i i just like if we were free rolling that's what i did i like and then we did we just like man we've really been up in our situational roles in class yeah. a lot so well, either it, do the ebi like back or spider web or whatever we do in class well you know one thing i had a guy that started class he hadn't been going very long he's like man is that your game do you just sit on your butt and tell everybody to come i'm like no my game is to get on top of you and squash you but look at everybody in this room and look at me yeah. You know, I'm really the same. I said, if I wanted to, you know, pick you up and put you on your back, I probably can. Um, not trying to brag. I mean, there's guys stronger than me out there. You know, got your Adam Settles of the world. That, oh, that, wow, you know. yeah. But, you know, for the most part, I'm the I'm, I'm usually the biggest guy in the room. This is what it is. Like, if I'm rolling against Aaron Myra or Ben Caldwell, a couple of the smaller guys at the gym, I can, I can, oh, I can out-muscle them every day of the week i just can't um so i always you know start on my back and then i try to and then you know just try to get out like you said work that bad position but if i just go in there and lay in side control for five minutes six minutes however long the roll is they're not going to learn anything i'm not going to learn anything it's just no good for any of us i mean i like the guys like yourself johnny both them guys for example that make me that make me move you know that make me work for five minutes i want to come out of a row looking sweaty and yeah that won't be hard here in about another month when i can go again because i'll be out of jiu-jitsu shape i roll like when i roll with mcmillan for example right so like he's uh i think you've probably rolled with him before judo black belt and he's purple belt jiu-jitsu now but he teaches a bunch of the morning classes our project warrior our nonprofit class anyway uh but like when i roll with him um i definitely transition on him a lot to encourage him to move and like too here's another thing dude i'm talking about this with people like after i stopped competing i was still doing jujitsu i I was still rolling um when i was healthy and i was getting i I was you know there for a while i was having a super bad problem with my hip and like some nerve impingement which i honestly after seeing a specialist think was ultimately to do with my neck yeah. As odd as as odd as it sounds. But um anyway, I got super unhealthy training jujitsu like every day, you know, like rolling a little bit every day, teaching classes. And I see that happen to some people. Um 
it, because they're, they don't have like a exercise routine out of the gym to where it's just like, you can get to a point where if you don't force yourself to move, 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 you will not get the, you know, everybody's like, do jujitsu. It's great fitness and exercise yet yeah, to an extent. Um, but you can get to a place where you roll, where you don't get as much out of it. Or when you do get a lot out of it, you get fucking injured. You know what I'm saying? Well, it, it, if you look at, you know, different types of the jiu-jitsu, you know, it, it depends on what kind of calories you burn. If you go in there, uh, if you've got a, you know, a teenager that mom and dad's forcing them to gum, they don't want to be there, they go do the drills, and then they just pretty much just curl up in the fetal position and roll. You know, and the, I mean, they'll burn no, absolutely no calories. Yeah. Um, where if you get somebody like Bryce and you probably roll with Bryce, I know I roll with Bryce that, that, and I told everybody that last fight that Bryce said him that that's what Bryce does. It's his game. You, you just, he doesn't stop. If you roll five minutes with Bryce, you're going to roll for five minutes. You got it. You got to watch that Willie episode today for some commentary on the fights. Oh I, yeah. I definitely will do that. It was a good episode, man. And, uh, Willie, but, uh, Willie said that, like, do you remember? And I think it was the third round where that guy was like, "Come on, let's stand up!" Right? Did you, did you hear him say that? Yeah, I heard him. Yeah, he's talking uh, yeah, to yeah. And then, and then Bryce uh, Willie said, "Bryce goes, no, I'm gonna fuck you right here, or something like that." <laughs> like he's because that guy talked a lot of shit. Like, oh yeah, let's go to the ground. And then it, then he was like, "Oh, let's stand up." And it's like, oh no, dude, you're you're gonna get it right here. Yeah, so. you know, that's that's pretty funny. And you know, and Willie's, you know, me and you both view Willie in high regard. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time I ever rode with old Willie. You know, I was a white, brand new white belt. He tapped me out five times in five minutes. I get my blue belt, and I've told this story a thousand times. Like, man, I can't wait to roll with Willie again. I'm a blue belt now. I've gotten better. That mofo tapped me out five times in five minutes. And I got him at I got him at purple. He only tapped me out four times in five minutes. So I was getting. I'm I'm catching up. I'm closing the gap. Then at Brown, he only got me three times. So, man, I've rolled with Real Willie a lot over the years, and it's it's. Um, I haven't got to very much the last two or three years, and he lives in Wynn, Arkansas now. So, um, yeah, uh, and it, it's been good for me because he's because um, you know I got I got promoted at my job, um, and so I'm working in Little Rock now. Okay, so what I'll do a lot of times is. Um, on Monday, Tuesdays, I'll get off work. I'll just jet over to Sherwood and I'll train at I'll train at Drings. And Willie's been up there a lot on Mondays. Yeah, yeah. See, and that's like once I got out of the uh, for the summer, I wrapped up, turned all my final grades in. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna go train with Willie up at Drings. And uh, but he moved like two months ago. He said, Oh wow. So yeah, he's training at the the house MMA academy. I'm like, dude, Bird Franks doesn't even fucking know what this. I mean, he might, but damn, not he. Don't, he's not gonna appreciate that. Like, I like, like, dude, if Willie's just like, oh, I live in Russellville now. I train here. I would be like, oh shit, you know, like, yeah, what a godsend that that is. Like, right, that dude is so fortunate to have him on those mats. Uh, I would. That would be such a great opportunity to be in the same gym with that guy every day. And you know, some of those Monday classes, I don't know. If these kids, you know, that just started jiu-jitsu realize how lucky they are. Because when I first started, you know, at Dreams, you know, he, he was just coming over, and I didn't know it, but he just coming over his bicep, where he'd had his bicep tendon reattached. 
which I've had done. Mine didn't go. Mine didn't roll all the way down my arm, but mine's held on by two screws. That's an old football injury. Um, that's kind of what you know stopped my pro wrestling the first time was I had that shoulder surgery. So Dring was there. I think Paulo was on his way out. They had Brandon. I can't think of Brandon's last name, but he was a blue belt, and that would be pretty much whenever um, every now and then Dirk would be in class. So you're like, holy crap. Dirk, Dirk's a purple belt. Then you'd like, oh my God, it's a purple belt. He was, I remember I submitted him a couple times at Brown Belt, but it was weird because he choked me unconscious, right? <laughs> like this is at Abby and Jory's. Uh, he had choked me unconscious. And then I came to, and I was like, okay, let's go again. Because he had hooked me up in a cross choke. I passed his guard, mounted him, and then I went out. And I woke up sitting there, and everybody's like, you all right? And I was like, yeah. All right. That started rolling again immediately, and I caught him twice. So I was just like, hell yeah, because I was like a blue belt. And, it, it like, man, it was rare to get to roll with a brown belt. Like, I didn't – certainly not something at that time I got to do all the time. Now it's like I get to roll black belts all the time. And so the last time I went to Dreams, and this was just a regular Monday class. So, you know, I, and I, I self-deprecate a lot, and, I, and I'm pretty bad about not giving myself the credit I deserve, I think, because I'm pretty awesome. I'm messing around. But you are pretty you are pretty, pretty, pretty righteous, but, dude. I mean, look at you here on the podcast. There you go. So you had me in the brown belt row. And then up front, you had Tony, Johnny, Willie, and Dream. So you got four, you know, legit high-level brown – I mean, black belts there. Just a Monday at Dreams. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then you had me. You had, you had a legit brown belt and – so just kind of it just it's it's weird you know how far the game's come and there's you know there's a line of blue belts behind me, I mean just how far the sports come in general. Here's a, another weird part, man. Is we have five people about to get promoted to to black belt from our yeah. school: Cora, Sharpie, Randy Melton, um, Jeff Woods, and John. Yeah, I've been saying for years. I knew knew it was close. Yeah, so like Brashear, um, and so Sharpie even has a little bit more time than John. Woods has more time than John. Um, let's see, Cora has just a little bit less time than John, and Randy even, I believe, has uh, – him and John are probably about the same. But, man, all of them are – eight to 12 years is the span. Because I think Cora and, Cora and uh, Thompson both have two tips on the blue belt. I mean, not Billy Brown. Mm -hmm. I've got one, so I kind of figured, you know, I figured, you know, I'd planned it in my head, like, okay, next October, you know, is when is when I was on schedule. So I'm like, well, I got to be sure I save vacation week so I can be at the Black Belt Conference. Yeah, and I hope that, um, you know, they're going to – and I'm sure they're going to do some team promotions at the Bite Belt Conference, but, like, my, my thing is, like, I want those people promoted at our school in front of our uh, – in front of their family and stuff like that because, yeah, you go you go asking, like, Jeff Woods, for example, to get promoted in Bentonville, like, if any of his family wanted to see that, yeah, they have family up there, they might go, but it's, like, the likelihood of it being special on that level goes out the window for most people. Yeah. The only thing I told Dring, I said, and I told him this, I said, you know, I'm going to get there eventually. I said, just as important to me to have Snyder there. Um, he, he just taught a seminar over yeah. at that dude's place. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it's hard to, you know, you, you got people that, you know, you got people that, you know, that, that touch you through the years and you don't even realize, and you know, you know, like, I mean, what, what Dring means to me, what Snyder means to me, what you mean to me, what Johnny mean to me, what Sean Killian means to me. Um, yeah. You know, because, you know, I went through that divorce and I got really out of shape. I mean, you, you saw me. I was pushing four bills. I could go in there and do stuff, but it was all, I don't, I was almost, it was almost embarrassing. Um, and that's part of the reason I didn't like going to, um, I didn't like going to Gravitas when I first moved back. Cause man, you know, go to your place, go to Johnny's place, bunch of killers and, you know, big school, bigger schools, a lot of, you know, guys that could go and went to Triumph with Sean and a lot, lot less guys wasn't as crowded. You what know, is Sean? Think. What's Sean doing these days? Um, um, he, he's over at five hundred one. Okay, um, okay. I'm trying to set up a time with Mark Mark Barber to come on the podcast. Oh yeah, no, no, they're great guys, and and you know, and even though the, them and and Gravitas are in the same town, they have a good, we have a good relationship with each other. And I may I went over there trained a few times with Sean. Of course, me and Sean literally went to kindergarten together. Oh wow! I went I went over to my mom's house and I found a uh, a picture of Sean from second grade. That's and I sent it to him. And, you know, Sean had those thick Coke bottle top glasses, you know, I mean, thick glasses. And I sent a picture of it to him. And he's like, wow. And it was such a good day. Um, <laughs> but I was like, well, next time I see him, he'll kill me. But I mean, <laughs> I saw him randomly at Moralton where I work. I was like going down the stairs to get some coffee and he was there. Cause I guess he works at UCA or something. Yeah. And, and I was like, dude, what's up? Just like randomly see you here at work, and I can tell you if if they if you'd have taken my entire graduating class and me and Sean are both in the class and they said okay, if every male in this school got into fight, who would win? I guarantee you, no one would have said Sean Killian. No one would have said me. You yeah. know, no. like I'm same thing, and that's like. But those are the types of people that go on to be lethal, dude. Yeah. Not saying. Matter of fact, I'd, I would venture to say everybody would have probably picked me my senior year in a fight over Sean, and probably picked me in a fight over you. But now look at it all these years later. If I fought you, you would win. That's like here's the I tell this story sometimes. The realization I came to, the person I came to that realization on, was 135 pound Caleb Plank. I was yeah. just like, if I saw that dude walking down the street, I'd whip his ass, you know? And then it was like, but the reality is he would whip my ass. At that, oh, at that time, you know, I was just like, it was, uh, it was like maybe less than six months into training. And it was like he, he was competing and uh, like just training all the time. At that time, I was like, this dude would whip the shit out of me. But yet I would see him and be like, yeah, in a fight against that dude, I'll tell you, I'm going to win. Well, and you can look no, no for Dream, no Dream and, and Snyder. I will say you can probably look both their eyes and you can realize I don't want any part of this guy. They both have that look about them. Yeah, you know, I mean, like just Dream and Dream, Dream could kill you with his bare hands and he'd sleep that night like a baby. That's his personality. Yeah, I know that's a violent man. I, I mean, you go back and look at that man's eyes. Like, okay, I don't want any part of this guy. I, I don't want any. You know, me and you, of course, all heard the stories about him come about like Misha walking in, brings in there hitting his shins with a sledgehammer, just to see how it feels. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the fun, a funny story, dude. So like my grandpa when he was still alive, 
Uh, so this would have been 2012, our our grand opening of our very first spot over by the movie theater, right? I, I've been there. The upholstery. Yeah, yeah. You came. You were at that. Well, that's, the the first, that's the first day I met you. And right? then I left to go to homecoming, and I don't remember much after that. Ah. <laughs> well, okay. So at one point during the day, my grandpa's sitting over on the bench, just chilling out. But during takes his call, he's like make, giving a big speech, takes his collie stick and hits himself in the shin with it like super hard. And then he does it again, you know, like, just like, he's like, oh, I have to do it twice for dramatic effect. You know, that way, you know, I'm serious. And, but my grandpa was sitting over there and he's like 91 or something at the time. And he goes, like, this is like literally his jaw dropped. Like when during hit his shin for a second time, like this motherfucker is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. I mean, yeah. 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 He's, uh, you know, and I'll never forget my first class with Dring, and I was probably pushing 380 at the time, you know, and I I, I, st- I just started working out again. and You know, me, former college football player, played there in Russellville at Tech. I don't know if you'd say played. I was on the team. Uh, but, but you know, uh, I, I mean, I made it through four years of college football, you know, so uh, so I was looking for something. You know, I, I got him big, you know, I was looking for something. And so, you know, I'm – played football since I was in third grade. So I'm conditioned like, hey, go – guy tells you to run, I go run. So I needed to find something like jiu-jitsu. I needed to find something like martial arts where, you know, yeah, I still need to work out on my own, get my workout in, but I got this where I can go and somebody will say, hey, Clint, they can move down the floor. Ford shrimp, you know, sideline. Yeah. Okay. I can't Granby. I still want Granby. I still – even in Rangby, if they call Grambys, I just walk to the other end of the mat. I'm like, I can't do these. And they're like, all you got to do is this. I'm like, yeah, I know. I can't, I can't do it. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, we've been doing the 10 planet warm-ups, and the whole first set kind of focuses on Grambys. But, the, but like, one of them is the solo movement section, but, the, but how to use them in, oh, they passed your guard. Like, okay, like, kind of, kind of run out the other direction and throw your legs up and over, you know? So there's, like, some – there is some useful stuff in there that I never picked up on my Granby because it was never fucking being taught to me, yeah. you know, and only through like doing the application techniques and the moves. So it's all like, Oh, that's why we're doing that stupid fucking move going up and down the mat. Oh, cause like the, the, some of the check out those 10th planet warmups. Eddie Bravo started a new channel called the 10th planet network. And it's the most current version of the warmups but it's him with two guys that are just being like, hey, the, the earth is flat, and this is how you do the warm-ups. Oh, speaking of the earth being flat, so I was doing the Austin Open. And first off, I'm going to say this for anybody that's listening. I do not actually believe the earth is flat. Your Facebook would leave it, lead us to believe yeah, otherwise. No, I do, you know, and I troll. Like, I'm not a political man. Like, I'll, that's why I post the positive Trump stuff, and then I post something bashing him five minutes later. I'm just trying to get a rise out of somebody. So I'm out there doing my match. And I know Ben Caldwell's out there, and I don't know who it was. They were like, hey, you see that guy out there? He's a flat earther. So I got people actually believing that I'm a flat earther. The only argument I have for the earth being flat is that water always finds its level. I'm sure I could Google and find more stuff, you know, why people think the earth is flat. And I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there, but what good does it do the government to lie to us about the earth being flat? I mean, like real talk. I mean, there's no. 
Bro, if I get into this with you, I'll get shadow banned. Okay. okay. We can, I'm sorry. You know, we'll, we can quit. We can stop. Yeah, uh, you, you know, we'll talk about it in person with our iPhones turned off and in another room. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, I, I get you. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk it, about it, it, talk it, about it for face to face. You know. But, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the old way. Yeah. We'll write. We'll pass notes back and forth to each other. Then we'll burn. That we'll go through the process <laughs> to burn them. And... Got to do what we got to do. We you know this. Eddie Bravo goes off the rails on that one, dude. Apparently, him and Bryce were talking flat Earth uh, the day before the UFC when they were training together. That's great. I just think really it's really funny. I mean, I just think it's really funny to see people just get so wound up about it. Everyone's like, "Oh no, a cat would have pushed something off." Like, no, it wouldn't. That's just nonsense. Yeah, oh, man, it's but it, it's, it's a really fun, it's a funny thing to be so big right now. Everybody is uh, arguing about it over the last few years. It just it, it, it's fun. It, it's just a ridiculous thing because I really and, and you may you may think differently. I just don't see where the, it benefits the government to lie to us about the Earth being flat. It could, it could. Bro, that would be it. Would be such a it. it let's say let's work from that point. It would be such a far-fetched thing that, like, our absolute reality as we know it would not be true. Yeah. It's, like, literally, like, everything you know about reality, like, oh, yes, you are in this Petri dish type thing, and there's a, you know, there is an ice wall and all this crazy shit. (laughs) It's, like, oh, man, none of the, none of the stuff we think is true about, like, any of the, any of the thoughts are, it's weird. It's, it's a, to even try to think about some of the arguments they explain, because I will say, um, because it was always, if you're watching Eddie Bravo and George podcast, whatever, it was always being thrown in your face. So I did watch that Eric Dubay video once upon a time when it was on YouTube. I think it got taken down. And that's, that's the argument people make. It's like so anybody can make a YouTube video and lay out a bunch of convincing arguments and even turn off the comments. And it'll get so many views and there's no possibility for refutation, you yeah. know? And, and it's amazing whenever you have, you can't, you eliminate someone's differing opinion from, like I was watching some special Nails Angels the other day. And this guy, he's like, well, you can't do this, you can't do this. And basically he's ratting on everything and telling tales that he shouldn't be telling. And I'm like, well, none of the other guys are talking. So, of course, you're showing it from his point of view. Yeah. You gotta. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm about to have to head to noon class, bro. Well, cool, man. I, I'm happy hey, we got hey, to do it. It's 11 11, bro. Make a wish. <laughs> we'll wish for another podcast on down the line. Hey, man. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it a bunch. Yeah, bro. Uh, well, you know, I hope your elbow recovers. Uh, you know, I will say, too, um, I don't know uh, how to treat a sur- an elbow you had surgery on, but witch hazel on the incision site is always good it'll help it heal fast and then um jeff woods's elbow tendons are just wrecked right now but there's this stuff called max freeze it's got arnica in it oh okay it makes makes the tendons feel good and drinks big on that arnica but um it it, i think that might could uh help you with your recovery because i use topical treatments all the time thanks bro man i appreciate it a bunch yeah bro bro have a good day I have a good one, bro. See ya.